Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Okay, Dave's going to come and speak. Okay, we're going to just pray for Dave. I just want to encourage you just to stretch out your hand towards Dave. Let's just pray for him. It's not an easy thing. You think, might think it's easy for us to stand up here and preach week in, week out. It's not always easy. And um, you're a scary lot sometimes. And uh, so let's just, let's just pray, shall we? Father. Lord, we thank you for Dave. We thank you for your words you've put in his heart. Lord, we want to hear your word. Lord, I pray you help us to open our ears to hear what you've got to say to us today. Come, Lord, we want to hear your word for us. Lord, we want to be encouraged in our hearts. We want to be strengthened by your word. So, Lord, come on in. Enable him, encourage him, strengthen him, and equip him now by your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Because you do realize praying is for our sake, not for his, really. <laughs> so I shall try and speak without my notes, because it's so much easier. I will try to keep within the boundaries of the camera. Uh, I won't be quite like, uh, like Neil, but uh, I shall try and be a little bit enthusiastic, because we love that. Um, we have been going through Colossians, as you know, and I'm doing the last uh, one until the uh, till September. So I am looking at two uh, Colossians two verses twenty to twenty-four. So if we could just have that up, please, Matt. That would be great. You have died with Christ. And he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. Uh, This chapter has been... uh, Oh, okay, sorry... No, go back. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. We've been talking over the last few months uh, as we've looked at this passage, and it's really, we can boil it down to It is Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. Now, we are coming into a time when the world is trying to put restrictions on us, taking off restrictions, but putting restrictions on us. And that's in a sort of physical sense. What this is talking about is your spiritual sense. Uh, I prepared this this morning and then I felt God wake me up this morning and interrupt me uh, with the, the story of, of David and Samuel anointing him. And uh, just to quickly give you that, that little story, uh, Saul, or the, let's say the people of Israel have, did, have wanted to exchange uh, having a spiritual leader, a judge, who was represented by Samuel in this, in this story. 
and they wanted a king. So they were going, please give us a king, God, give us a king. And God says, okay, you can have a king. So they kind of, the people of God give him a speck of the king they want, so he gives them Saul. And Saul starts off very well, but he ends up making a complete mess of it and is more about him. He's more soulish. He's more me, me, me. And God detests this. And so he, he decides that he will find a successor to Saul. So he, he says to Samuel, will you go to the house of, of a family called Jesse? And the, the man there, he's got, I think, 12 sons. And uh, then you will choose one of these sons to be the leader. So uh, Samuel goes there because he is led by the Spirit. He's a prophet, is Samuel. He's led by the Spirit. He has a close relationship with God. And he gets to uh, see Jesse. And Jesse says, look, here are my sons. And Samuel goes along with them and goes, yeah, these are, this one looks good. He's a strong fella. And God says, no, it's not him. And he goes to the next one and the next one. And every time God says, no, it's not him. No, it's not him. And he gets to the end and there are no sons left. And Samuel, because he has got a close relationship with God and hears the voice of God, knows that God has called one of these sons but is somewhat confused because... The, the one he wants to anoint is not there. So he says to Jesse, it's none of these. Have you got any more sons? As if, you know, you pull a son out of a drawer or something like that. It seems a bit weird. And Jesse says, well, I haven't got any more sons except for the one who's in the, in the field looking after the sheep. And Samuel says, okay, let's go and, have a, let's go and meet him. He goes and sees him and he says... He's the one. And this, this one is the one, David. Now, I know, my name is, happens to be David. It means loved by God. This is what God wants. He wants to, he looks at the heart, but he doesn't look, he doesn't choose from the outside. Let's have a look at that scripture. Now, very often we think of this as somewhat of a Sunday school story. But it is so important. It's so powerful. So if we can have that one Samuel scripture up. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is looking for a people who have a heart after him. Now the, the story of David, I, I have uh, enjoyed that story many, many, over many years. Uh, David spent time waiting on God. He spelt, spent time worshipping God and he learnt to hear God's voice. Now this is Old Testament but in those days you could still seek after God even before the Holy Spirit was poured out in, as we have in the New Testament at Pentecost. But God is looking at our hearts. 
and looking for our hearts, not at the outside. We so often think of the outside, don't we? You know, we judge, you know, oh, so-and-so, he, he must be a good Christian, he wears a mask, or he tithes, or he prays a lot. But the important thing is, God looks at the heart. What is in your heart? How do we, how do we overcome the sinful desires that we have? How do we overcome those desires that always try to make me the centre of the world and not Jesus the centre of the world? The answer is be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. We are coming into days where we will need to be filled with the Spirit of God more than ever before more than ever before because we will have there will be difficult times not just materially perhaps but actually the challenge of who are we as a church I want us to be a church like David not a church like Saul not a church that just does things and we want to be good and have a good appearance we want to have the heart of God. That is our desire as elders, and I know that is the desire of you. But we have to keep on track. We have to keep on track. How do we do that? By being filled with the Spirit of God. When I was preparing this a, few, uh, a week or so ago, I felt God also say, if you like, the answer to the uh, do not touch um, challenge and sinfulness is Galatians 5. So, Matt, if we could just have Galatians 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Isn't that great? Those sinful desires have been nailed to the cross. The fruit of the Spirit, how do we get it? Does it just sort of walk in and you sort of pick it up like your shopping bag, put a few bit, I'll have a bit of kindness today? No. As you press into your relationship with God, as you spend time with him, as you spend time with God's people who are filled with, your, their, with the Spirit of God, you will take on more of the Spirit. Now, I've got a little prop here. Um, I don't know how many of you have ever done any DIY painting. Many of us, practically everyone. Now, 
please, please bear with me. I will get. I don't need a paint. Those famous last words, eh? She's very house proud. It's only the table. Don't worry, you'll wash off. Don't worry. Um, I, I was taught by my dad to dip the brush in, scrape it off, and then you paint it. Now, I don't know if you can see, it's a bit streaky. So there's not much paint there. It's a bit streaky. Has anyone ever watched uh, that guy, um, Bob Ross? Do you know who I'm talking about? He's got the most amazing afro from the, I don't know, 70s or 80s. And he stands there and he talks. And I only sort of discovered him, if you like, uh, during the lockdown. It's almost mesmerising just watching him paint and suddenly... You know, these dabs on the, on the canvas suddenly become a picture. But he was, he was talking about how you paint. Sometimes you just use a brush and it's just streaky uh, effect, which is deliberate. But really what, there are other times when he said you must have the, the brush loaded. Before I went, uh, so Friday a couple of weeks ago, before I went on holiday... Uh, Marion and, and others on the Friday morning prayer group said, Would they, could they pray for us as elders? And uh, we all said, yes, please, because we need as much help as possible. And Marion had this word about being loaded, being loaded with the Spirit. And I, I interpreted that as to be like a paintbrush, loaded with paint. So this is the way, this is my DIY lesson for you. Neil, take notice. <laughs> I'd noticed that Neil didn't put his hand up when I said about a painting. He's never done a paint, painting in his life, I suspect. What you do is you dip the brush in the paint and you don't, you don't scrape it off, you just tap it. Sarah is absolutely... She's absolutely having kittens over there, aren't you? And you get a beautiful finish like that. I shall show you. Look at that. What a wonderful piece of painting that is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, my painting? <laughs> okay, here's my analogy. We are God's paintbrush. He doesn't want us just to be painting in little streaks. He wants us to be full, fully loaded with his spirit. And um, have you ever been to, I know Neil has never been to B&Q, but (laughs) some of you have been to B&Q. The good thing is he can't reply because my phone's over there and the WhatsApp group, I can ignore that for a while. (laughs) Have you ever been to one of those, those areas where they do the paint and they mix it? And they have a bit of red and a bit of black and a lot of white 
and a touch of blue and then they mix it up and then they call it some ridiculous name like elephant's breath. I mean, I mean that has got to be one of the weirdest jobs in the world is naming all those different shades of off-white. That must be the most difficult job in the world, coming up with those weird names. And what God spoke to me about was, he said, he said, it's the fruit of the Spirit is like all those different colours. Sometimes we need a lot of white with a, uh, with a dab of black, with a bit of blue, a little bit of gentleness. Could you put the scripture up and then that prompts me. So sometimes we need gentleness. Sometimes we need a touch of self-control in that. When we, have, when we interact with people, we don't just come along with one colour, one fruit of the Spirit. We will need several. Some perhaps will be more prevalent than others. Perhaps there will be more self-control at times. Other times there will be that more gentleness. But when we, when we meet people, God wants us to be able to use us as a full-loaded paintbrush to paint into the situation where we're at. Sometimes we are under pressure. So if you... I was reading about loading the paint on this because I'm very, very sad about these things. And it just says, after about 20 minutes of painting... The brush is fully loaded. And then when you need, when you need to put pressure on it, more comes out. When we are under pressure, what comes out? Is it the fruit of the Spirit? Or is it sometimes the other? You know, the anger. The irritation. No, be filled with the Spirit. When you're under pressure, that's when the gentleness needs to come out. That's when the self-control needs to come out. That's when the fruit of the Spirit needs to come out and bless people. Bless you. So are you just, do you just want to be a streaky Christian? Hard, just dipped in. See, I can't even do it now. I should have had a second brush. But, you know, if you come like my dad taught me, you know, just come along with your brush a little bit and you come without a little bit of goodness, self-control, kindness, but really not covering the surface. Or do you want to be fully loaded, fully loaded with the Spirit so that you can touch people and you can come to the situation with all of the fruit of the Spirit? The important point I want to make is we are coming to days when we will be allowed to start praying and laying hands on each other. I would say that I have, I have over the years, if you like, been a loaded brush full of, full of the Spirit. But over 15 months, I've, my reservoir, my, my loading has diminished. I need more of his spirit because I'm becoming just a streaky paintbrush and I don't want to be. I want to be fully laden. I want to be able to cover the surface, the canvas, full of paint, 
full of the fruit of the Spirit. And that will be something. So I encourage you, as we come to a time when, it's like this morning, I mean, it was wonderful. The worship was wonderful. We were able to be loaded with the Spirit. But there is another dynamic when we can actually lay hands on each other and be filled with the Spirit. Don't shy away from those opportunities. Don't be like my dad's paint technique of dip it in, scrape it off, it'll be all right, I can get a little bit of paint through for the week. No, dip the brush in. Don't scrape it off. Tap to the side, dip it in again. Be fully loaded with the Spirit. That is what we will be called to. That is what we will be needed for. So, uh, Steve, could you all come up and... I asked... Uh, well, Steve asked me, did I have a song? And I feel this, this song that we've got is, is appropriate. How do, we, how do we get filled with the Spirit? It comes by being... by worshipping... It comes by waiting on God. It comes by reading his word. It comes by praying to God. And that is where we get filled with the Spirit. Being with others of like spirit as well. That will also help fill us with his Spirit. So don't despise those days when you just have a little dab of the Spirit, no, be hungry, be desperate, be filled with the Spirit, load yourself with the, with, the, with the fruit of the Spirit that you can then address each circumstance you come to fully filled with the Spirit. Steve. Can I have I'm back on? Uh, just I felt God say this is for somebody perhaps here or on the, the live stream. You have a cousin, and it's a, and I felt God say, You see her shame, I will wipe away that shame and replace it with garments of salvation and with a new grace. I will rescue her from her shame and I will pierce her darkness and bring a new light into her eyes. You see the deadness, but I will wash her clean and her sins uh, will, be, will be shame-free forevermore. There is forgiveness. So there's somebody who's got a cousin. It very much tied in with Zara's word as well. But if that is for you, then find me, find me later. But let us stand... And let us worship the Spirit of the God of the Lord is here. If you are with people that you happy to lay hands on, lay hands on them. There's nothing special about anybody else. You can be filled with the Spirit. Lay hands on each other. Be filled with the Spirit.